Welcome to Ask the Expert North Texas here on News Radio 1080 KRLD. I'm David Rankin. And I'm Kristen Diaz. You know, last week the U.S. Surgeon General released guidelines on social media use for kids. He says this is a warning because of the fact that social media poses a threat to kids' mental health. On today's Ask the Expert, Dr. Ken Jones is the Director of Behavioral Health for the Texas Health Arlington Memorial Hospital. He joins us in the KRLD Zoom room. And Dr. Jones, whether it's in the classroom, in the workplace, at home, mental health has just a huge importance. But when it comes to families, parents talking to their kids, we seem to have this conversation more and more about every aspect of life. Now we come down to social media. So what prompted the U.S. Surgeon General to create this advisory? Kristen, I think it speaks to to, um, us reaching a kind of a critical mass in the research on social media and teens, which has really been kind of slow developing because um, by and large, the tech companies have not been super forthcoming with the data that they use to to mine and certainly make advances from a business standpoint. But I think the, de- the data did reach a critical mass and we looked at some key things or some key things that, that kind of came to mind. And one is, uh, you know, 95% of teens are on social media. It's not a matter of going like, do you have a social media? So which one of the many platforms are you on? Um, and, and they found that 40% of kids eight to 12 are also on social media. So you've got um, heavy utilization of that. I think kind of the tipping point was um, we've known for a while that that there's a little bit of a sweet spot where social media usage up to three hours per day, which sounds like a lot, but um, up to three hours a day tends to not have any super negative effects. Once you hit that three hour mark and above, um, it tends to correlate very highly with depression and anxiety amongst this population. And then the research also showed that the average utilization for adolescents and teens of social media per day is 3.5 hours. So you actually have this demographic 95% usage are utilizing in a danger zone. And we're seeing the correlations with depression and anxiety um, spike. The Surgeon General targeted three things. He said that social media makes kids feel worse about themselves, makes them feel worse about their friendship. And it's also addicting. Which of those three is the worst or is there one that's worse? Well, I think they kind of all work in conjunction with each, with each other. If you have um, kids who are telling you, and, and the fascinating thing is this is in their own voice. Like this is them telling us, you know, I don't feel better about myself. Um, like you said, 46% of, of kids said that it made them feel worse. And they're telling us themselves, I feel addicted to that. Now, I don't know um, if you recall many instances where kids volunteer going, you know what, I feel addicted to these video games. I need to cut back. Or I recognize, like they don't typically volunteer that kind of information, but they're telling us that um, they're finding it hard to get off of social media. And so all of those kind of combine to to raise a concern level that I think the Surgeon General um, chose to address and really glad that he did. You know, when I think about, um, you just brought up video games. You know, I remember when they started rating video games, you know, this is for, you know, mature audiences. And then we started seeing um, YouTube. This is now YouTube for kids, you know, and it was specifically, specifically, you know, targeted for that. With social media, it's kind of a broad spectrum that's just available for anyone and anything that comes to your timeline. How, what are some steps that parents can do to take action 
when any type of creator, influencer, can uh, market to a child. Right. Now, that's a great point. So I, I take a step back and go, let's talk about how social media is designed. And to be frank, it's designed for addictiveness. It's designed for addictiveness. Adults, adolescents, it makes its its money off of the number, the amount of time spent utilization, utilizing its platforms, clicking into this following trail. So it's actually designed to create an imbalance in our lives. The more time in, the more successful they are. So you recognize that they're using using these algorithm algorithms with that particular thing in mind. Um, then the only thing you can do is to kind of figure out how do I resist this and maintain balance, especially the psychological health of my child. So I think it's really a call for for um, rental engagement um, in this area. Um, because passivity is going to lead to, you know, continue to lead to the outcomes that the Surgeon General is talking about. So recognizing that this is the draw of social media, it's designed for this. Um, if I could talk really quickly about the neurobiology of that, it's really, it's really designed to create dopamine surges, right? So dopamine is a feel-good chemical in the brain. Um, it leads directly into the reward center of the brain. And what that does is basically kind of goes like, wow, that was, that was rewarding. That was a bit of a high, whether it's likes, whether it's shares, whether it's feedback on something that I posted, um, that creates a way for me to very quickly leave whatever whatever may have happened at school today, whatever difficult thing I might be dealing with. And within seconds, I can get that dopamine pop. And so that piece of it is setting up that addictive property that kids are telling us about, that the research is also supporting, that it's really difficult to put it down, number one. And number two, it becomes a go-to anytime that we are emotionally distressed. Yeah, it's, I, an, it's an escapism, isn't it? It is an escape. It, it can become an escape. And and to, to, the, to the detriment of being able to learn problem solving or being able to sit with uncomfortable emotions, right? Because that's part of the maturation process is learning how to um, learning how to sit with uncomfortable mood states and be able to work through that, be able to think through that, recognizing that's a normal part of the human experience and is not one to be jettisoned out of into something that is more pleasurable all the time. So that that sets up um, some low frustration tolerance issues with kids as well. So that that's an important thing to recognize that the addictive properties of social media usage is very similar to what we see when the brain registers with gambling, drug utilization, that sort of thing. It's actually pretty similar. The whole concept of social media is to meet and engage new friends, but it mm -hmm. also tends to make people retreat into themselves where they don't actually meet and engage with friends in the real world as well. Right. Yes. No, very true. So again, and this isn't all bad. Like social media has has been has been positive in, in many regards. And I think you just alluded to some of that. Um, it does help with um, certain kids when it comes to isolation. Um, it helps with finding connections um, with individuals who have similar interests to you, right? So those groups are able to, to pull together without regard to geography um, and actually share in a hobby or a, an interest. So there's lots of positives um, that social media is utilized for. I think we really are talking about the guardrails or the lack thereof. Um, and some of the concerning areas 
um, when it comes to lack of regulatory, um, um, you know, fences in place. And and again, I think the parent parental engagement piece is really um, is really important. And the U.S. Surgeon General did give some guidelines on what parents and caregivers can do to take action. And one of the things they they mentioned is, you know, first and foremost, reaching out for help um, if you see that your child has been negatively affected by social media. Some of the other things they've mentioned are creating boundaries. Um, How, when you look at these, you know, um, steps, how similar is that in your own practice with people who come to your office looking for help, maybe not social media related, just with dealing with life, creating boundaries, learning when to say no, those types of things? Yeah, no, great question. So one of the things that I think is most important um, in dealing with families and, and, and adolescents especially is being a proponent of real life connectivity, right? And, and so some of the suggestions as far as creating media-free zones, I love that um, that articulation of the importance of families being able to actually sit around a table, mm-hmm. look each other in the eye, have a conversation about how their day was without the phone being next to the plate, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's the proactive piece of going like, we, we need to make sure that while social media can be, let's be honest, it can be a great babysitter, right? Like mm. we're all busy. There's things going on. It's really easy to kind of go. Here's well, the tablet. They're safe. <laughs> at least they're safe. Here's the tablet. Yeah. Mommy's got to go do this. Right. But being intentional about making sure that we maintain those connective face to face spaces. Um, and I think that really the only way to do that is to just create those safe zones or those tech free zones for a period of time. You know, um, it may start out 30 minutes. Right. You may find them, um, you know, kind of breaking out in hives at minute 35, but you gotta start somewhere. But I think that's really important is to support face-to-face connections. You can even have events over at your at your house where you invite your child's friends over and you check the phones at the door and you encourage them to actually play. An hour, you know, hour and a half, but you actually promote, let's spend some real time together. Let me show you how to do this. Because again, those are things we took for granted in our own childhood, but um, the social skills training um, piece of it is a little bit of a concern at this point because, you know, emojis are not the same as emotions and nope. and being able to actually learn how to deal with face-to-face conflict and, and have those conversations um, really is a basic life skill. We want to make sure that they don't miss out on. Because kids are so involved in social media at this point, do parents kind of have to teach children how to play outside again, how to play games with children that don't have anything to do with the phone? Sure. I think, I think encouraging them, um, they may need a little bit of a push. Most of the time, I think you'll find if you just remove the device and set kids around, they'll be super bored for the first couple of minutes. After a while, it'll just start to happen pretty naturally. Um, there's nothing wrong with, you know, introducing to the, um, you know, board games or actual games that you interact with, um, whether it's sports or, or table games or whatever. Um, but they, they'll, you know, they'll catch on pretty quick. It's just a matter of like the device in hand just undermines those moments of, of um, actual organic play. Uh, so I think setting the, you know, providing the setting, whether again, if it's over at your house, phones checked at the door, and you know, let them out in the backyard or game room or whatever. But 
but setting up those intentional spaces for them to engage, I think, can go a long way towards um, helping them overcome some of these de- some of these deficits. Um, you know, one thing that we also see is a lot of cyberbullying, a lot of abuse, exploitation online. Right. Um, how do you talk to your kids about that? Those types of safety measures. Right. So I think it's important to create an open dialogue about specific things in the environment of of um, of social media and cyberbullying and hate messages and that sort of thing is one of those things that um, I would want to open up a dialogue right up front um, and establish the boundaries of what is acceptable and what is not uh, acceptable, what's not okay to tolerate when it comes to bullying. I would imagine that it's hard for parents sometimes to not take those matters under their own hands saying, oh, well, I'll talk to that kid or I'll talk to that parent. I mean, would the first thing be, hey, I need to teach my kid how first for them to defend themselves? Is that something that you think is lost between um, this generation? Yeah, that's an interesting question. You know, I think in general, the whole idea of keyboard warriors where people are much braver saying things across the keyboard that they would not say face to face is a real phenomenon. And it doesn't just extend to kids, it's adults as well. Um, And so we're more compassionate when we're actually able to exchange the mirror neurons that take place when we're looking at another human being, right? So my first line of of defense on that or first recommendation would be um, teach them that it's okay to block. It is okay to um, to disconnect a friendship, if you will, online with people who aren't using that medium appropriately or who are being abusive with it. Um, you don't need to engage in the back and forth um, with that because ultimately two people are going to lose if you get into those type of wars. And so um, teaching them that there's nothing wrong with just going, that's not someone I want to be connected with um, anymore. I can see you at school. That's cool, but I'm not going to allow for this channel to be open if you're going to use it in an abusive manner. Is, so, that one of the, is that one of the lessons that kids can learn from social media in dealing with people in the real world as well? Yes, yeah, I would agree. I, I think that's I think that's true. Although, ironically, sometimes the real world is nicer um, than the cyber world. But, but yeah, setting those boundaries, I think, is a, is a good life lesson, David, to just kind of go, I don't have to accept this. I don't have to just go like, other kids are dealing with it as well. That's just what it's like, mom. That's just what it's like. No, that's not acceptable. It's not acceptable for you to be abused verbally um, with someone or for a group of kids to gang up on one kid and make fun of something. Um, I have the ability to disconnect from those environments and to encourage them to do that um, unashamedly. Is there anything else you'd like to mention about guidelines for families, uh, our listeners, when it comes to social media and kids? Yeah, I think probably lastly, I would just say be proactive about um, using parental control apps and um, methods to to ensure that the environment that your child in is not one that in which they're exposed to um, hate messages, exposed to mm-hmm. pornography, exposed to things that a developing brain should not be exposed to. Mm-hmm. And so I think setting those guardrails um, unapologetically is important. I believe that every parent should have um, a parental controls app on their child's phone. Um, and then as parents, we need to work together 
she's because we all want the same thing. I don't think there's any parent that wants their child exposed to those things. So, right. um, you know, it's frustrating for one parent to have parental controls and then all the other parents have their kids seeing whatever because they're going to say, hey, look at this. Right. So I think I think as as a community and, and as families, we need to work together to share the apps that work the best mm. um, and encourage each other to go, hey, be proactive about this. Um, there's plenty of good things out there on on the Internet and and um, and on their phones. But um, let's put up some sensible guardrails um, to keep them safe. Um, I think that's probably the, the the basic ask. And if there is someone who is struggling, um, who does seem to be suffering from anxiety, depression, and that sort of thing, um, certainly at Texas Health, we're, we're um, available all throughout the community um, to provide free assessments, and they can come in and, and, and talk with a professional and, and um, receive the help that they need uh, that way as well. So if someone does seem to be really laboring with excessive um, online usage, and, and we see those concerns, whether it's self-harm or or having thoughts of wanting to hurt themselves, mm -hmm. um, certainly reach out, reach out for help uh, sooner than later.